0: welcome everybody to the one to go show presented by dirt track supply find us youtube facebook tiktok snapchat uh give us a like there right now episode 151 it is bert layman who is capless it is ryan aho with a cap and it is puka with the visor welcome to the show boys hey glad
1: to be here and uh you know we we're talking before the show nobody's gonna notice you got a little, couple blemishes it's yeah. okay it's okay you still, compared to all the other sports shows out there that I watch, you're the ugliest host of a show that I've ever
0: seen. And they you know, ain't open. Rudolph came two months early. I mean, holy uh, miracles! What is going on? I feel like a teenager. I spend too thought, much time on TikTok.
1: Well, you got to get that fixed before putting together them OnlyFans <laughs> videos that you do.
0: <laughs> Just kidding! Don't be looking them up. I don't think yeah, you really have. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so episode 151. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll start with our blast of the passes, as we do, always do, excuse me, brought to you by Impact Health, Sherry and Ryan.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and we got to talk a little bit about Dirt Track Supply. Oh, we Sorry. Now, we got to give the Tri State Late Model Series champion a little bit of love over there in Watertown. So, huge thanks, of course, Ron and Trevor, everybody at Dirt Track Supply in Watertown. Um, just great people. They're such ambassadors to racing. One thing I noticed with Trevor this year, and I really paid attention a lot, man, he's got a good attitude, right? He's always smiling. He's always happy. I saw him over at Watertown. He's like, what did you say in the mic when I did that? I'm like, I said I didn't really see it. And He kind of laughed. He had a bad night. But he's, you know, he, he loves racing, you know, and that's what they. that's why they help out so much. And so if you need to get parts, you need to get stuff done, get a hold of those guys. They'll take good care of you
0: tracksupply.com. All right, like I said, last of the past episode 151 Impact Health Sharing Brian.
1: Yeah. So we'll jump on over to that. It is getting to be open enrollment season business owners book. Uh, this week just a couple of days ago, I actually helped a friend of mine transition over from traditional health insurance to Impact Health Sharing and uh they're saving somewhere about 15 we'll call it $15,000 a year savings right that's a ton of money a lot of race car parts yeah a lot of race car parts and let's be honest we know a lot of people that are pretty much paycheck to paycheck even business owners they don't have a lot of extra money to put towards other things well one place you can look is look at your health care if you're paying a big chunk of money i might be able to help you get a hold of me we'll see what i can do can't promise you nothing but it's been really good so 51 and 51 Either one of you got either number? Either one, he got 151. Let's
2: start there. I do not have a 151.
1: You? So I, I think so. So my buddy Lauren sent me over a picture, and man, I, I'm not 100% positive. And he's like, I got to slide that over so I can steep both of you. A little technical difficulty. There we go. That's better on my end. But he said, uh, I think this is Lance Burt. I think Lance Burt for sure ran 51, but I think he might have ran a 151 modified driver from down in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. It's been several years since he's raced. I don't remember a lot about him. So if anybody has some Lance Burt stories, share them in the comments. Love to hear a little bit more about this guy. That's what I have for 151. How about on 51? Well, let's just start with this. Let's just call a spade a spade. Let's just be honest. <laughs> when you DJ. talk 51 in our area, right, I'm talking the upper Midwest. I mean, come on. Who comes to mind? Her
2: Joe Criderman,
1: Absolutely.
0: Thunder <laughs> Bay, Ontario, Canada with some flames coming off the number, right?
1: Oh, man, I tell you what. He, he was my favorite growing up. You know, I had Leon Plank prior to him. But I remember back in I think it was '82. Ron Jones was driving for my dad. We used to race up at the Riverview Raceways in Thunder Bay um, on Wednesdays. They ran every Wednesday. No guys, I was knee high to a grasshopper, right? I was just a little guy. And I there was either a rule. My dad said there was a rule: no kids allowed in the pits. Oh. I'm not 100% sure. I didn't know any better, so he just said, "Hey, you got to go in the stands. Kids can't be down here." I'm like, "Okay, I'll take your word for it." Well. I was up by myself roaming around aimlessly, right, in the grandstands on the hill. But I remember after the races, I'd go down to Kreiderman's car and some of these other drivers, and and I'm like, these are my buddies. This is how I fell in love with racing, them trips up there. In fact, for multiple years after that, when Joel would come down to Hibbing, you know, like for the Labor Day shootout, you know, I got pictures. I I wish I had them to post on the show. I don't, but, uh, they're, they're put away right now, but he'd work on his car over at my dad's shop, you know? So I had some great memories of Joel coming there. And I remember him in the old, they called it the super stocks, right? But they were, they called them diamonds up there. They were super stocks back in the day, but he ran the diamond class. I think diamond was a beer sponsor of the class. And then of course, transitioned into a late model, had an amazing career. And, uh, him and Ron Jones, guys, and this is something I'm not sure if either one of you know, but if you finished in the top four in the diamond feature, you could actually come in and you could put on Hoosier Humper tires, a big spoiler, four-barrel carburetor, and go out starting the back of the late model feature and racing that. Kreiderman and Jones, every single night would run both and have a little extra spending money each night. So, Joel's a great dude. What, what do you guys got? When you think of Joel Kreiderman, what comes to mind?
2: Uh, I mean, for me obviously being in eastern wisconsin i didn't get to see him race as much as you guys did uh but it was always uh, uh a little special when he would just randomly show up at shano speedway every now and then if you know cedar lake got rained out or you know tracks got rained out uh he would just randomly show up at shano speedway you know not very often, but you know, a, a handful of times, and it was always special. And I remember, you know, I was younger, and it's like, "There's a driver from Canada here."
0: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. I Me, mean, yeah, like I <laughs> said, Brian said earlier, post in the comments here. I mean, there's got to be a lot of people with a lot of <clears throat> Joel Kreidman stories. I guess I'm what I'm just thinking. I've got so many, but I'm just thinking right now when it, when we get on here and we say 51, and we all just kind of like, "Oh, that's the guy." I mean, if there was a Wisconsin Hall of Fame he'd be in it. You know what I mean? Cause I think there are a lot of fans right now thinking 51 in was is Joel Kreiderman.
1: Yeah. Without question. And he's back into a modified this year, struggled a little bit, kind of started to figure it out at the end of the year. I'm going to over and under for the 2023 season, Joel Kreiderman three feature wins in the wisota modified division. Over.
2: I'll say over.
1: I like the way you guys think I'm going to go even on that. Cause I picked the number, but man, I, there would be nothing better than seeing Joel Kreiderman park that 51 in Victory Lane. Either one of you have any other 51s?
2: I have a few, but Bert, what do you got? Uh, well, first, uh, before we get into the real drivers, uh, how can you anybody forget? <laughs> okay, I'm having a hard time finding the camera. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Rowdy Burns? No, this is cold Trick. That's cool. That's cool, but yeah, <laughs> fair enough. That's the mellow yellow car. Yes, yes, but yes, Rowdy, he was he was racing Rowdy Burns' his car. <laughs> I was gonna do a trivia
1: question there to see if I could actually get you guys. I was gonna say Asphalt Guy wreck bad had to have somebody <laughs> to car won the Daytona five hundred rowdy burns it is but yeah that i mean obviously if you're a race fan we talked about six pack but if you haven't seen days of thunder donkey award punch yourself in the head for being dumb like you gotta watch it it just is what it is
2: but the funny thing with these cars this is a 164 scale car and these were a promotion that you could only get at hardy's restaurants so it was uh after my fresh it was between my freshman year and sophomore year of college i was working construction and we were working in a city where there was a Hardee's. So for lunch, I I made every I, I said we have to go to Hardee's for lunch because I have to get my little toy. <laughs> yeah, they
1: had the coolest toys. <laughs> cool. You got that right. I wish I had some of them old collectors. I because I, I had every one of them, but I'm yeah, I, I have them. all I have all four of them
0: too. Uh, nice car. That's, yeah, those were cool back in the day. So I actually have uh, a guy anyway. from Wisconsin, but I know. I know Bert's going to name him. I think he's a former
2: racer. Uh, well, I, I only have, well, one, two. Uh, Dave Jessen I have. Uh, he's a former late model driver. Uh, he was, he raced in the late models at Channel Speedway in the late 1990s, early 2000s. Uh, he was part of the Plymouth group of drivers. Uh, who would travel to Shano Speedway every week to race because Plymouth at that time had limited late models. And so the drivers who wanted to race the uh, more powerful with soda late models, uh, there's probably four to six of them that drove from Plymouth area to Shano Speedway every week to race because they wanted to race in that division. And then eventually Plymouth just got regular late models. Yes.
0: Awesome. Well, well, go ahead. Or you have another one?
2: Uh, well the other one I have is uh well Chris Ortel still races but his okay, dad raced right okay and that's what was number thinking, Chris
0: Ortel I, I couldn't remember if he still raced or not yeah he's yeah, he's still
2: he's racing still but still his racing. dad raced number fifty one I believe yeah that
1: would be Butch Ortel Clarence like yeah. his name but Butch Ortel he ran fifty one so that's two generations of racers Central Wisconsin over in that Marshfield area I raced against Chris when I raced Scott Duval's car over at the SK uh, spring lake speedway it was at the time but uh i'm not sure if you know this puka but chris Ortel has a silver 1000 win um underneath his belt he won one in the modified there so great, great racing from central wisconsin
2: and actually uh chris i don't know where he finished i didn't look at the results but chris Ortel did race at tomahawk speedway this last weekend i think he got
1: third i think he got okay. third awesome well who you got ryan well, I have a couple here. So Gary Nippold, you know, Scrappy Nippold, right? He, he races a late model. Now I ran against him in the Superstock 55, but Gary Nipple was number 51 in the Superstock for many, many years, still over at the racetrack with his son, of course, that's running a late model. Another one that I have, a community car. I don't know all the people that drove it, but there was a red 51 that bounced around the area in the modifieds, maybe in the B mods too. But Lauren Inman drove that car. Dave Moss drove that car. I feel like maybe Clint Larson maybe drove it a little bit. Uh, maybe Kaylee Emerson got on it, but that car bounced around for quite a while. But uh, Lauren Inman's one who I think kind of got that deal started. Now I have another one. This is a big racing family name in the twin ports. Okay. So there was a driver by this, I'll just put it this way. A driver with this last name, former driver with the last name, owns Old World Meats. Oh, Residlo. Residlo. Mark Residlo. Do you ah. remember that? No. Yeah, he ran He ran super stocks. He ran late models. He ran modifieds. He had, it was called Dirt Car Conversions, kind of. I think he he was a pretty hands-on guy. Polly was, too. But Mark Rosillo, a guy that won a lot of races and was very involved, helped a lot of people. I think he built several cars down in the Duluth area. So Mark Rosillo, if you guys got stories about him, I got lots of pictures of him, but that's a guy that's been around for a long time. Somehow, I'm not really sure how, through marriage somewhere, the Nelsons, like Daryl Nelson's family and Rosillo's family, they're all related somehow.
0: Here so like,
1: <laughs> yes, but when you look at it, there's like, You think the Lillos have a lot of people in racing? The Residula-Nelson clan, they got way more people in racing than that family by a long shot. So um, I tell you, it's a big legacy down in the Twin Ports for sure.
0: Oh, That's awesome. All right. Any more?
1: No, that's it. Let's move on.
0: All right. Let's move on to to you and some exploring over the weekend. I got to run here real quick. You start telling your story. I'll be right back. Hang on. (laughs) <laughs>
1: sounds good so bert i'm not sure if you saw on facebook i was driving truck right and i was looking at my route and I'm like okay i'm going to texas and i got a buddy of mine that lives in joplin missouri right remember the biggest i think that's the biggest deadliest tornado that ever happened like in 100 years was joplin missouri i don't know if you remember that but i decided you know it's like hey i got some time let's go let's go play around the golf let's grab dinner i get on hole number three and i turn around and i'm like what the Hell is that? What? Is, he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, that sign. What is that? It says Joplin 66 Speedway, I think it was. And I'm like, he's like, well, that's the old dirt track. I'm like, you shitting me. I've known you for how long? I had no idea there was yet ever a dirt track in your town. He goes, oh, it hasn't been open for a long time. I'm like, really? And he's like, and. He's a buddy of mine. He's a nurse. He's an RN, right? He, he's, he doesn't like to get his hands dirty. He goes, Yeah, I never really went there much. It was loud, dirty. I'm like, Well, you're not my people. Like, We'll, we'll play golf, we'll talk football, but come on, dude. So then I talked to his wife, right? Because we all went out to eat. And she's like, Oh, yeah, when I was young, we went there all the time. I'm like, Really? There's a lot of stuff. And I don't know a lot about the place. But there's if you Google it, Joplin 66 Raceway, there's some videos that pop up. They had some Have a Tampa races, World of Outlaw races. I saw Jimmy Mars was there. One of the races I saw, Wendell Wallace won. Guys, it was an amazing facility. Grandstands, front straightaway and back straightaway, had the concrete pads where you had to bring your own lawn chair. So it was super easy to clean. They had a big, nice concourse for a building. The track was kind of down in a hole, kind of like it would remind you maybe of Cedar Lake where it's kind of down in there a little bit. Um, Spacious area. I mean, looked like it had pretty good banking. You can still see the whole track there, but another one of those racetracks, it just is no longer there. And it's kind of funny. There was no trespassing signs everywhere, right? And I'm like, yeah, that don't really apply to me, so I'm just going to go ahead and walk on in here and his eyes got big he's like what are you doing you can't go and says no trespassing I'm like that ain't for me that's for that's for other people it, for non-national champions yeah that's 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 not yeah that that doesn't apply to us right so we're walking through there and there's a guy down in the infield bow hunting he's like well you're gonna spook all the deer away from that guy i'm like oh well i guess he ain't getting any deer today i'm gonna go get some pictures of this place it is what it is but uh bittersweet kind of cool running across old relics like that but sad at the other side because you look at the racing world and a guy has to wonder some of the tracks that we've been around our whole life who knows what you know the next 5 10 15 20 years are going to bring so in 2023 get to the racetrack and bring a friend let's keep the racing thing going here
0: absolutely all right let's move on our top five moments of the week of course, brought to you by Brad Parson, Egg Solutions, and Exyme.
1: EXIME. So I was talking to John Tardy today, and he actually got some of that product. Now he don't farm, right? But he has a, he's got a really big area, right, where he actually has a food plots out there. He says this stuff grew like crazy. He says it absolutely worked. He goes. If, I, if it works this good on my little food plot up in northern Minnesota, I can't imagine what this stuff would do when you actually apply it to, like, real crops in real fertile areas. So, um, and I talked to Brad, and he said, hey, it works. I mean, we have the data. They have the numbers, right? Not just what people say. Talk to him. You know, get a hold of him. He's got the numbers to actually be able to get you real data. So, get a hold of Brad. He has good products there. Get it in your spray, uh, spray packages for next year you'll be glad you did
0: all right awesome perfect thank you exime all right starting number five well of late model title goes to one man band
1: yeah i tell you tip of the cap huge congratulations dennis Herb jr had a great weekend as well right i mean he he ran up front all three nights this weekend. didn't get a win i think he had a second third and fourth this past weekend but he locked up his first ever world of Outlaw late model championship. And, you know, he's been doing it for a long time. He doesn't have a big crew, right? He, he's not maybe on the biggest budget. He's got a little money behind him, but not the hugest budget. So to me, I'm, I'm kind of a fan. It's kind of fun seeing a guy like that win a big series like this. So congratulations to him.
2: Anything you guys want to add on uh, Dennis Herb Jr. No, I mean, I just want to, I mean, I agree with you. It's good to see uh, somebody like him win a championship. Um, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, Chris Madden and Brandon Shepard didn't follow the tour this year, but still to win a championship over a long haul of a season like this is an accomplishment, you know, no matter what, and, uh, just, uh, you know, everybody, I mean, he's known as a one man band, but you know, you're, he, he's also known for having, uh, um, the female crew chief who actually, uh, uh, her, her family lives in the Shawano area. Her dad used to race at Shino Speedway. Oh. Yeah, that's the other line it is, right? Yes, yes. Yep. Yeah, she she gets
1: right in there. And I tell you, I mean, he'd be the first one to say that he couldn't get to where he is without her help. So that's a that's a team effort for sure.
0: Yeah, I think it was a popular win. He's been at it a long time. One of the real gentlemen, nice guys of the sport. So congratulations to Dennis Herb Jr. Number four, new robber in the Arizona Superstock Division. I tell
1: you, the best the best race of the weekend this weekend, not, not the street stocks. Super stock action. They went topless. We'll talk more about the topless in just a little bit over at Ogilvy. But they both started back away, fourth, fifth row. And Sobrasky drove to the front, kind of moved off the bottom a little bit. Dexton Cook for the second straight trip over there. Because remember, he should have won the fall classic. Muffler fell off, right? He started deep, drove away. Got the lead again on the bottom. I'm not sure why, but he moved up and let Shane by. Kind of like, hey, go ahead. i passed pass everybody on the bottom. Just go back ahead have the bottom. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Now, i talked to some people and eh, not really huge fans of each other, right? So, rumor has it that Dexton's trying to, to decide right now what he's going to do for 2023, okay? So, the options are maybe move up. He's talking maybe moving up to a late month. You know, and he says, if I move up to a late model, it's really going to be so Sobrowski can go ahead, win another Superstock title. Because over the last month, Dexton Cook's been faster. He has. Shane Sobrowski is Shane Sobrowski. But Dexton, I think, is more hungry. If he stays in the Superstock for next year, sorry, Shane, but word on the street, you ain't winning any more Superstock national championships. That's going to go to Dexton Cook. He's trending up 7A, trending down, even though 7A won, schooled him a little bit keep an eye on that 7a
2: 78k deal here moving into 2023 that could be a fun one well that's uh that's actually the only feature that i did watch from ogleby and um the 78 i think he changed his line a little bit on the last lap because sabraski was running the lowest you could run and 78 tried to take that line away, but didn't take it away totally. And I think that kind of messed him up a little bit. Right, right. He's hungry. He
1: had a hell of a good year. Second in the national standings, of course, Sabraski won. And uh, it's it's not quite the same as the 71A2 rivalry or 110 at the time, right? But uh, this one could get pretty good. I mean, I think it's going to get pretty heated. They both race hard, but 78K, it's kind of like the old verdict: not afraid to ruffle
0: a couple feathers. <laughs> all right number three the pa posse dominates out oh, in pa world of outlaw sprint car action and that was a cool deal we're
1: going to talk more about that event in just a little bit but bert did you watch that race did you watch the highlights from, from i watched really the highlights before? yes i mean one two three all posse right you had lance deweese brent marks anthony Macri. this is the crown jewel of 410 sprint car racing in the state of Pennsylvania. $75,000 to win this one. And uh, no World of Outlaw regulars on the podium. And they even got candy bars, right? They have candy bars there that are posse versus the World of Outlaws, especially wrapped fundraiser candy bars. This is a real deal. This is the biggest rivalry in all of dirt track racing. By a long shot, the posse versus the Outlaws The posse has whooped the shit out of them in 2022.
2: Well, I just want to make a cut. This isn't about this race, but just to convey um, how well-known the Pennsylvania posse is just around the Midwest even. This was probably at least five years ago. I was at a Brewers game in Milwaukee, and we were tailgating, and we were actually tailgating next to some race fans. And, uh, they said that they go to a lot of sprint car races and they brought up the Pennsylvania posse, <laughs> and, you know, when we were tailgating in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, that's a real deal. And I, I think that needs to play,
1: be played out more. There's nothing like that in late model racing. There could be maybe with the Illinois group, but this is a real deal. And the PA posse, I'll tell you what, they're up here right now and, uh, they, they got to be feeling pretty good about themselves to end 2022.
0: All right, number two, Lance Matthews makes headlines this week.
1: Oh, my gosh. First win. First win since August 4, 2018 at the Cedar Lake Speedway. So, 19, 20, 20, 20. That's a little over four years. And, and really, over a three, four-year span there, he only had a couple wins. So, you know, a couple weeks ago, old-timers tour, we had Jeff Spacek get it done. Now we got the old-timers tour here. Lance Matthews getting it done webster city hamilton county raceway i tell you what congratulations lance he's been doing it forever one funny story remember the old fox speaking of tracks that are defunct now remember the old fox ridge speedway in arcadia yeah Yeah. so actually we're talking about Kreiderman. so it's us three right so in the i was running third fourth in the late model and i broke something in the fuel pump and i parked it up on the top of one and two yellows out and here comes lance he just yard sales me i'm like what the hell was that right i'm mad now i'm like really mad because like i don't have any money so i tore the shit out of my car so they had a nice big building up on top of the hill where concession where you go to get paid and lance and joel were talking and i'm like lance what the hell were you doing like what and and i don't know if you remember but he had thick glasses oh, he had yeah. certain Right? And he took the glasses yeah. off and goes, here, you try trying to look through them. <laughs> I'm like, shit, i got enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I laughed. Kreiderman was just laughing. But uh, Lance Matthews, the guy that, you know, he raced hard, had a lot of fun doing it, been around for a long time. Great to see Matthews back in the winner's circle.
0: Absolutely. All right. And number one this week, Cade Nelson scores his first career win. Not a big one. Or, Brian, was it?
1: Well, here's the deal. So he's at Tomahawk, right? Crate late models, USRA late models, right? Seven cars. I think only a couple finished or so. But here's the deal. It's his first win. Okay. So that race, not very meaningful, right? I mean, it's his first win. My first win in the Super was at Bemidji, right? So whatever, same kind of deal. But here's the deal. It's a legacy thing, right? It's a legacy thing. In the Twin Porch area, or even northern Minnesota, okay, maybe in Hibbing it's a little bit different, but when you get to Duluth, Superior, is there a more recognizable rate, name in dirt track racing than the Nelson family?
0: Yeah, right now it's probably, at one time I would say it was the McMahons, maybe 20 years ago, but right now it's the Nelsons.
1: Yes, I would I would agree, McMahons are right there too, and there, there's a few others as well. But Nelsons, I mean everybody, Billy Nelson, first ballot Hall of Famer. Daryl Nelson, first ballot Hall of Famer. He, Out of all the people in postseason here in Wasota, he might have had about the best postseason. He's on the podium one vote every single weekend. I mean, he was phenomenal. He's still good. But now it's that next generation, right? The third generation. Daryl Nelson, he, he could care less if he races. He loves racing, wants to be involved, done it for a long time, works his tail off. And he's like, ah, I kind of do it. The kids like it. You know, I, that's kind of why I do it. Now, when Cade Nelson really starts taking off and he's able to maybe start racing a regular late model, not sure what his plans are for next year, I can see maybe Daryl Nelson saying, you know what, it's time, it's time. I don't know how I feel about that. I still like watching Daryl Nelson. He's He's one of the guys out there that you don't know if he's going high, low, crossing over, diamond, he'll move all over the racetrack. He's a hunter, right? He's fun to watch, right? Cade Nelson is going to give all the whole Nelson fan base in the Twin Ports somebody to cheer for for hopefully the next 20, 30 years, right? So super excited about that. But, you know, sometimes things happen, right? You think think football. A few years back, Brett Favre, the, I mean, he was the guy in Green Bay, right, Bert? Aaron yes. Rodgers took over. We saw how he used to look the last few weeks. Maybe it's stored enough time. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe it's out with out with Aaron Rodgers, in with Jordan Love. I, I don't know, Bert. You tell me. That that could happen, right? <laughs> we saw Brady, the old-timers. Matthew's kind of showing, hey, I, I'm not ready to quite give it up yet. I'm still winning. But, you know, you've been about everything, right? Everything has a new changing of the guard. The Wasota board, right? Probably need to get rid of a handful of people out of there, get some new blood in there. Everything has that. But you start looking. Another person we've talked about, right? We talked about Buzzy Adams. There's there's a driver right there, Buzzy Adams. He's still phenomenal. He even said so in victory lane at the Red Cedar
0: Speedway, right? He <laughs> yeah. wasn't sure. He told us.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he don't, what's he raced? 10 times a year? And he's still fast, right? But I think he's ready to kind of move on to that next chapter when his kid Blake Adams starts racing. Is Buzzy going to be, is he going to be done? I think so, right? So, I mean, let's let's think about this. When you look at the, the new racers, right? The people that are out now, most of them are family members of somebody that raced, right? There, there's not a lot of new people coming in. Lots of second generation drivers. But Bert, in your area, who are some third generation drivers? You know, of course, we had Cade Nelson and Blake Adams. That's two third generation racers that are getting their career started here. Who are some drivers in your area? Third generation, maybe fourth generation?
2: I believe Kyle Redant is a Third generation driver. Uh, if if he's not a third generation I mean he comes from a racing family. He's had uncles and you know lots of family members racing. Um, a lot of second generation drivers. But
1: oh, I'll you I, think I, on that. Think
2: yeah.
1: on that. In our area, right? And you can show some out if you remember. <clears throat> but Watertown, you got Schmitz, of course. Jay Schmitz, real estate by Jay Schmitz. You have Big Al Schmidt still racing. Jay Schmidt raced for a stint. Had you know had some concussion issues from some wrecks. Trajan Schmidt, very talented driver. He's started. He's kind of starting his career off in racing. You got the Carlsons over in Grand Rapids. You had Ted Carlson, Tim Carlson. Now you have Austin and Dalton. You got the Brokings. Big John Broking, Bob Broking. Right now you got Johnny Broking. You have. Uh, we'll get into a couple more I have in a second, right? You got the Finkbones, George Finkbone, Chad Finkbone, Chaston Finkbone. Now let's transition, right, into some generational drivers maybe that change names. Now so I guess we got Reboards in there. Jack Reboard, Rookie of the Year for the Wasota Modified Division, he's a fourth generation driver, right? But then you look at people like Donnie Loftall. Well, Donnie Loftall is a third generation driver because it's Don Rosine, right? And then that next generation had Donnie Rosine and Steve Rosine. But the daughter, Tammy, her son, of course, Donnie and Craig, that goes by Loftall now. So let me ask you this So you got Loftall's, Kofsky's kind of got the same thing. That generational deal, is it more? I mean not that it's not meaningful cuz it's a whole family but is there more of a legacy left if it if it's maintains that last name other than like a Johnny Johnson and then the grandsons Travis Budislavich what do you think
0: Oh I think so but I think of the bigger thing is you got to keep the number you got to keep the number the number stays in the family but yeah I mean the it, name just cuz of the name I mean it just it is different Factually can't help that because i'm sure there are fans that go to the races and don't know that travis, travis budislavich is johnny johnson's grandson but the number is the big thing and even if you can keep it a little bit of the same i mean if you could hang on to a sponsor that'd be nice you know but even that kind of that same color scheme i mean you kept the 71 um a and you, you know your dad had a lot of blue cars and you started out with some black and kind of blue cars so you kind of kept that relevancy and then you had some red cars your dad had some red cars
2: too but um but I think the number is the biggest thing what do you think Bert um yeah I mean me personally I like it when uh generations have different numbers <laughs> I, I, I don't necessarily um my way of thinking is it's uh um yes you're part of a generation you know you're part of that generation lineage but uh you want to be yourself also so that's why you know i i encourage people to have their own number i mean like when nick Avalink he started with when he started racing uh, imsa modified he was number 32 but then he eventually switched to number 15 um but uh so but yeah i mean i think keeping the color schemes close close to uh you know throughout the years it is, is good also.
1: Nesbitt Blue, perhaps, maybe a little Nesbitt. <laughs> Luke Kachowski's got the Nesbitt Blue number one, right? You know, you think about the Cop family, right? You think about the SpaceX family. Get in the NASCAR, you got Dale Earnhardt. And then what, I mean, has anybody in the history of racing ever um, created such a huge fan base as Dale Earnhardt Jr., right, when when Dale Earnhardt passed? So So this is a big win right this is you know to kind of come full circle this is a big win this is the first of many he's won in the go-kart stuff right but now getting into a race car Cade Nelson remember that name Blake Adams remember that name Tasten Finkel remember that name this is the future get to know these drivers it's going to be fun to watch them that next generation growing up here
0: all right comment 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 a lot of good stuff there our top five moments and a little bit of commentary there on the different generations now we're going to move on to a quick recap of this week's brought to you by none other than um, shirts.com. So T-shirts, sweatshirts, maybe even visors, caps, winter caps. Uh, we, we've we've been saying for a couple of weeks, Christmas is coming. So you want to take care of your fans. So no orders too big or too small. They got the design work all taken care of right there. Just jump on their website, buyraceshirts.com. It's real simple. Just go through the process, uh, process check out credit card, easy. Like I said, large orders, small orders, everything in in between, buyraceshirts.com. All right. Talk a little bit about Ogilvy. Let's go back to the topless.
1: So Ogilvy goes topless, right? When they first came up with this event, they're like topless at Ogilvy. All I'm thinking is I've been to the Wasoda 100. I've been up in turn number one. I'm like, this event is going to be awesome. Highly disappointed. Maybe it's too cold. I'm not really sure if you know. You know, okay? If you know, you know. We'll just leave it at that. Modifieds, kind of cool. Clayton Wagman is a wheel man, and he's really good at the big O. I don't know if you guys noticed, but he had number 96. He had a throwback body for his father-in-law, Jay McDonald, who obviously built some really good race cars, right? But he was very, very talented race car driver back in the day as well. And uh, that 96 back in Victory Lane kind of brings back a few memories from back in the day. Congrats to him on the win there. Jeremy Nelson in the four was at Ogilvy. Now, keep in mind, non-sanctioned event, right? This was post-Wisota season. Jeremy Nelson didn't even buy a Wisota license this year. Oh. Yeah, he ran all USRA stuff. He says, You know what? If I can't buy multiple tires at a time, I'm not even going to dick with it. I'm going to go race USRA. So, soda you better get that working with Hoosier, get that tire deal figured out because that's a very talented driver that the soda tracks missed out on this year. Super stocks, we talked about the 7A. Sebraski kind of snuckered him a little bit, right? He kind of moved, he kind of made a move to the outside. And I think maybe that moved Dexton Cook up, and that's how Sebraski got back by him. But that was a good race probably the best race another thing i noticed ben from dirt race central he posted every year since the inception of the big O at ogilvy right dave moss has won at least one feature this is the first year speaking of third generation drivers my pit guy told me to say this i i completely spaced my mind but i guess aho right you got rudy aho ryan aho and when I raced against Moss, I was kind of his daddy a little bit. I'm kidding, Dave. <laughs> I'm kidding. <Come> on. <laughs> Midwest Moss. Remember, he had one taken away from him at the end of the year. I think it was at the uh, Northern Nationals for just a stupid little, I mean, a rule's a rule, but it was meaningless. He won at the Legendary. Now he won at the Topless. Swearing in a very good race car drive, driver. second generation guy. Tanner um, Giel. I, I didn't look here. I should have looked it up. Might've been one of his best finishes of the year. He got a top five finish. Tanner Giel, second generation guy, Todd Giel, his dad, fifth place finish in the Midwest mods at way tip of the cap there. Congratulations, kid Hunter van Gilder grandson of Butch Madsen. Um, he actually won in the street stock division, Robert Holtquist getting it done in the mod fours. So, Great way to glad the weather worked out, right? Though it warmed up. Glad the weather worked out. They had a pretty good field of cars there. Track was pretty good. Didn't lock down. Pretty good racing. Anything stick out? Uh, I know you only watch the Supers Puka. You were
2: you were out gallivanting out in Wyoming. Oh, riding a-
0: horses. <laughs> Save a horse rider. A- mm-hmm.
2: I I have a que- I have a question. Did they paint the the wall pink, or was that just the lighting?
0: <sighs> That's interesting question It's October
1: somebody post in the comments I'm not 100% sure I'd be lying if I said for sure I, I mean
2: don't. because the graphics were pink um on the on the Jumbotron. on the well no on the on the streaming you know all the graphics were in pink yeah. and the wall looked pinkish but I didn't know if it was the way the lighting was at the track or, or what I'm so not I was just, sure. I was just I mean, curious
1: we're going to have to jump on to Dirt Race Central, official streaming yeah. platform with Soda Racing. Check out the replay, take a look at it, because I feel like I should know that, but I really don't.
0: <laughs> All right. Anything else from Ogilvy? No, just great to cap off the season here. All right. So we talked a little bit about the Wool 8 models. Anything else for either of you two on the Wool
2: 8s? Well, Bert, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, Brandon Shepard in the 5B car. Yep, b5
1: parked in victory lane his first official win back in the i mean he's won races in the family owned car but now he's back in the b5 right so now he got officially his first win as the driver of that car full time now um but we'll talk a little bit more about him chase youngins one night number one kind of a little bit of a snoozer over there um night number two that's when the b5 won But Billy Moyer Jr., speaking of old guys, right, speaking of Lance Matthews getting it done, Billy Moyer Jr. was sporty. If you haven't watched the feature from 81 Speedway, that was the best of the three, Um, him and Gustin and – um Brandon Shepard you could have thrown a blanket over them through the middle of that race I mean you had no idea who was going to win it was actually multiple lanes of racing and I am like I'm a Moyer guy I'm like I was pulling for Moyer I wanted him to win I picked Brandon Shepard to win in the points but I'm like I don't care I want Moyer to win but uh, I didn't quite get it done but he did get a runner-up finish that was pretty cool Sunday US 36 raceway um 157 mike marlar parked in victory lane so um again they had a pretty cool tribute right they had several announcers come in um from around the region and they did a tribute a missing man deal um and remember this is the first race back for the world of outlaw late models since the tragic passing of rick Eshelman, right so it was super cool that they paid homage to him over the weekend and you know you could hear a lot of emotion there's a lot of world of all employees and drivers that knew him well. I mean, it was part of the family. They traveled together and, uh, you know, it was kind of a pretty heartfelt deal. So pretty cool.
0: Yeah. If you want to learn more about Rick Hushelman, uh, go to our YouTube page, the one to go show, search back about November of 2020. We've got a nice uh, uh, interview there posted. All right. Anything else on the late models? We'll go to the sprint cars.
1: Let's go to the sprints. That was a pretty. I checked out that video again. That was pretty cool. You did a good job there.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the. Uh, like I said, uh, they were in Williams Grove over the weekend, just one one night makeup race earlier in the summer.
1: Sixtieth annual, right? Champion Racing Oil National Open. Got seventy five thousand dollars to win. Puka, I know you're gone. You didn't get a chance to watch this. Bert, did you watch the highlights of this race? Yes,
2: yes I I did watch the highlights. And uh, Lance DeWeese uh, was very lucky to win because if that one caution doesn't come out after the one restart, I don't think he wins that race.
1: <laughs> yeah. Brent Marks went by him and it looked like it was going to be over. Then they, not only did they go back, then they had to go single file. And it was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, that was my pick with Brent Marks. I didn't pick Lance DeWeese. Right. I picked Brent Marks, but the posse was one, two, three. So a couple things that happened there. So Brad Sweet DNF'd, right? He DNF'd. So he actually gave away, he had like almost a hundred point lead just a few weeks ago. It's down to 16 points right now, okay? He got 27. I got a question for you guys. So here's how the points format works for the world of Outlaw sprint cars, right? It's a four point difference between first and second, okay? And it's two point difference from their back to 24th. And then from 24th back it's the same points. Makes no sense to me, right? So he got 27th, so in in essence, Brad Sweet maybe got six bonus points. Now, in maybe it won't mean nothing, right? But if if in fact Brad Sweet holds on and wins the championship by less than six points, it's two hundred thousand dollars to win the world of Outlaws title, $100,000 for a hundred thousand dollars for second. Would you be a little bit bitter about the fact that why why is it the same? It should be it should be different. If it's it should be two points separation all the way back, not just a twenty fourth. That makes no sense to me.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. I guess I didn't know that. How many cars did they start? Thirty.
1: I think they started twenty eight. Yeah, and it's a big track, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you
0: can fit. But it,
1: it, should be, it should be so. That's something to keep an eye on this weekend. That'll be that'll be interesting because if that happens, I'm gonna want to hear. I'm gonna want to talk to David Gravel and kind of hear his thoughts on this, right? I, I, I'd be interested to hear what they have to say. Might not matter, you know. Might be might be a moot point. But there was another points battle here, in this race. Now, coming into the into the B feature, I watched the B main, right? And Fast Freddy Raymer was leading the track points there. Now, there's a lot of people out there that like track points don't mean shit anymore. Nobody cares about track points. They pay $18,000 to win the track championship for 410 sprints. They care about track points. Track promoters, if if you want your drivers to care about track points, pay more money, right? Well, I don't have more money. We only make, go get some sponsors, generate some revenue. Do something. I'm not a big Terry Volts fan. He's not a big Ryan Aho fan, but I'm going to give them kudos because they put together the Triple Crown out there in South Dakota. That was a great deal. Three tracks working together, Brown County Speedway, Miller Central Speedway, and the Casino Speedway in Watertown where they paid $5,000 to the winner of that deal. Guess what? It was talked about. It mattered. It meant something. You want track points to matter? Pay more money. And hype them up and make it matter. Guys, $18,000 to win the track championship there. It's $10,000 to win the Wissota Late Model National Championship. Houston, we have a problem here, right? We have a – they wonder why nobody follows it. If I told you that a, the 10th place finisher in the Wissota Late Model National standings had only one win, wouldn't that make you shake your head? <laughs> that's ridiculous, that means nobody's following it. nothing against Chad Becker, hell of a season right, but he'll be the first to tell you, nobody cares, nobody's following it, not enough money, he didn't chase it he ran his three local tracks he just had a great year at his local tracks. so with that said Freddie Raymer, all he had to do was make the feature, that's it and it was one, didn't make the show, okay so then there was drama, storyline I like that, I'm a points guy, I like it Danny Dietrich was He started 19th in the feature. If he got to ninth place, they tied for the championship, split the money. There's no tiebreaker. If he got to eighth, he stole it from right underneath him. Guess what place he finished? Eight. Eight. (laughs) He got it done. He got it done. So, Dietrich started 19th, drove to eighth, took the championship, $18,000 payday, make track points matter. Show me the money, get some money out there, make it matter. And uh, this right here probably one of the bigger track point
2: purses I've ever seen. Pretty cool deal over there in uh Williams Grove.
0: Anything else on the Sprint
2: Yeah, I just have one thing you had one thing that uh, um, when I was watching it, one thing that I heard the announcer say because they did they have a fuel stop during the race they because did. The annu- the announcer said that those cars burn a gallon of fuel a lap. Yeah, then he changed it later. <laughs> he said, well, about a gallon a lap. It was still, I mean, even if, it, even if it's close to a gallon, that's a lot of fuel in one lap. <laughs> that is a
1: lot of fuel.
2: A lot. But the push was about halfway
1: up, big half mile. They were wide open on the pump, and they're like, there's no way. So then the question at the end of the race was, is somebody going to be light, right? On the yellow there about halfway, did they actually fill the fuel cell or did they just put enough in there to get to the end? So there was there was a little bit of drama there at the end. But, yeah, that was that was an interesting deal. They were sucking a lot of fuel out of them 410 sprint cars, that's for sure.
0: All right. Let's move on. Ball 50 at Florence. Before you get into oh. it,
2: I just want to say, if you like hot rice, this was the race for you.
1: <laughs> he was hot. He was hot. So, so, Puka, I know you would not be surprised, but Josh Rice was looking like he was going to win a big event at Florence. I know. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. Right. But he got staked. bit. Right. Donkey awarded the lap car Jason Jameson. I don't know what the hell this guy was doing. I mean, Rice went around him on the top. The dude literally turned to the right like he was going to try to take wide corners. Maybe he drives truck. I'm not sure, but he just <laughs> stuffed him in the fence. I think he broke the left front suspension on Rice's car. Rice proceeded to drive down into him, kind of backed up on his nose a little bit. There was a little heated uh, little little heated moment there, but my buddy Dave, his favorite driver, the smooth operator, Bobby Pierce, he uh, took full advantage of that. Well, the lane. And
2: then Jameson spun in front of Pierce late in that race and almost took him out.
1: He did. He was, uh, yeah, he was a wet end. So donkey awarded Jameson. Cause he usually runs a little better than that. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Saturday night was not his night for sure. <laughs> Jeez.
0: Maybe I was on the bottom before the race. <laughs> all right. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's move her down to all tech in Florida.
1: Great lace, great racing, great racing USA, great racing late miles. I think it was 20. It was, it was 27,000 to win the Powell Memorial down at Alltech, first of all big big track right and usually a big track suck but there was multiple lanes it was actually pretty decent racing it wasn't
2: too bad burt kyle bronson gave one away I, I, I was just gonna say i mean bronson could have kind of redeemed himself on the season that he's been having this year and i mean not only did he give it away but i mean he fell back a couple of spots with seven laps to go on a restart He did. He had,
1: so Puka, he had a pretty big lead there. Looked like he had it done, 27,000, you know, is what he would have won. And on the restart, he just kind of rolled the middle. He didn't go right to the top. He didn't go to the bottom. He just rolled the middle. He went from first to fourth on the restart. It's like, what is he doing? And Joseph Joyner snuck in there. I think he was fourth on the restart and drove all the way up on the bottom to take the lead in an emotional win because, kind of a cool story check it out online go to the website all tech, um, all tech speedway they have a little write-up on it but the, the powell memorial um you know it's about their family member i think daughter died and they've been doing this memorial race ever since and i think it was the dad that was down in, in victory lane and there were some tears down there's pretty cool moment actually
0: awesome all right fall classic at why not mississippi i believe
1: <laughs> why not man why not mississippi Right? So this is Rodney Wing's track. The the time I was uh, racing down in East Bay, Rodney Wing was down there in a modified, talented driver. So, did either one of you watch this race? I did not watch this one. I saw so a
0: heat it, race. You did what? I saw a heat race. You saw a heat <laughs> race? I saw <laughs> a, heat a heat race. From I a garage you're... in Wyoming, I saw one heat race. You got... get... so, so, Turbo Turbo proved
1: why Turbo is not Jonathan Davenport. He's not Mac. He's just not at that caliber. He's fun to watch. He's exciting, but he's just not smart, right? I mean, literally, if you're going to go race a race like that, 10 grand, 12 grand to win, whatever it was, you're going to take a look at what who was there last year. You're going to look at it and be like, where did the winner win all year long here? Right around the bottom. He's got the lead, and he flailed around the top until he gave the lead away. Spencer Hughes snuck by him took it and then he finally went down to the bottom he was over driving and it's like man turbo is fun to watch but one has to wonder if he thinks at all behind the wheel
0: of that car
2: anything on that one bird no i don't have anything to add
0: <laughs> all right he's still a cup did eckert pull that one off
1: So, if so, Satterley started second row, Eckert did not pull it off. So, if I said, Hey, you got a bunch of locals there, Greg Satterley, row two, how much would you say he won by?
0: Lapped everyone, big try. He did not, he did not.
1: Local Jeff Ryan up there gave him an absolute curb stomping by a straightaway. So, I think that one was what 25,000 to win up in Bedford, up in Pennsylvania, 22 or 25, one of those two. But I was surprised. I figured Saturday was going to park it. and Jeff Ryan just absolutely dominated that. So pretty uneventful up there in PA.
0: All right. Finally, we'll wrap with this. One of the more controversial uh, items of the weekend, Uh, Overton hit by the droop rule.
1: I got to give him a donkey award. What a dumbass, right? So let's be honest. Droop rule has been around. Some like it. Some don't. It is what it is. Been here for a year and a half. That's no different than a Wasota guy getting DQ'd for deck. High. Can't you read a tape measure? You know the rule, right? We don't like the rule, but we know the rule. They're going to take it. I don't know what happened. I, I mean, if he bro- broke a plastic puck, which then break. I mean, I get it, but there's really no excuse for failing the droop rule at this stage, right? I mean, that just doesn't make sense. He kind of dominated that win. Ross Bales took advantage. The boss, Ross Bales, parked it in victory lane. But what's your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, we're... We're two years into this deal, right? I mean, at some point are you gonna be like, how's this even a thing anymore? I mean, you know they're checking it. How do you how do people continue to fail the troop rule? I just don't understand.
2: Well, I mean, to me that's with any rule. If if you know they're gonna check it, I mean, you really can't complain um if they nab you for it. Um, and like you said, I mean, we're two years into this now, so you know, it's not like, oh, you're checking the drip rule after the race. Well, if I would have known.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, I just get back to the measuring of it. You know, is that what is getting these guys? I mean, Ricky Weiss, you know, to this minute, you know, proclaims his innocent. So, uh, it, you know, maybe that's what it is. And, but I did hear it took quite a while uh, for that, you know, again, so you think you've got the winner. People are waiting for victory lane. And I heard it took up to like eight minutes. They kept measuring and they just couldn't get it to come right. So yeah, I don't know. It just, I don't know what they're going to do with that rule. And and
1: Holton is not a guy that's going to complain. He didn't make big drama about it. As far as I know, he's like, Hey, it is what it is. I mean, whatever it is, what it is. Right. You know, so he's, he's first class when it comes to that kind of stuff, when he just takes it on the chin, but from what I understand, it took a while because it came out illegal, right? And they're like, well, let's double check it. We don't want to just call you illegal. Let's let's make sure that we're DQing you and we're right. And it sounds like they checked it multiple times. I don't know exactly why it came up illegal, but um, at least I'll give hats off to the track for doing their due diligence to make sure they were making the right decision.
0: Yeah. All right. Anything else on the results? Nope. All right. Let's move on to who's hot, who's not.
2: Bert, you want to start us off? Not as much race, a little
0: tougher.
2: I'm going to go uh, who's hot. Um, Based on last weekend alone, uh, Chase Younghands. He raced the three weeks uh, or the three races with the World of Outlaw Late Models. Had a first, a fourth, and a second. So uh, um, pretty good weekend for a driver who does it normally. Well, he's followed the tour in the past, but he's not following it this year.
0: You know, I'll take, like I said, I, didn't, I, got, I watched that one heat race uh, all weekend. And that, I, I <laughs> the winner of that, that one heat race. Was, seems like that was two weeks ago, but, uh, you know, in all these different states and everywhere I was. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to go with Lance Deweese because he won that 10 lap, 10,000 to win World of Alt Law sprint car race, what, a couple of weeks ago? Remember, he got a thousand bucks a lap, rain shortened, obviously. And then, you know, pulling off the National 100 or National Open, excuse me, National 100 this weekend, and the National Open, uh, pretty impressive
1: that that's a good one there. I completely spaced that he won that, that last one. So he did double up at that deal. I had chase youngins. That's who I had to, I had, but I had a backup plan because you're right, Bert. He, I mean, literally he fell off the tour cause he just was not performing and to be able to run first, fourth and second, that's a hell of a weekend for, for youngins, but I'm going to just take Dennis Herb jr. He kind of got a little quiet the end of the year here where he was just kind of there but to, to kind of go out in style, a second, third, and fourth this weekend, didn't put it in victory lane, but he ended the season, kind of put an exclamation point on it, and now they're going down to to Charlotte. He's already got it in hand. So congratulations again to the one-man band.
0: Yeah. All right, Bert. Who's not?
2: Uh, you got to go with Brad Sweet. I mean, he had a over 100-point lead, and it's down to 16 now with uh, one weekend of racing left to – at the uh, at in charlotte. So uh that's yeah, gonna be an interesting finish to the season. And I mean we've talked about this all season, wondering how he's stayed in that top spot because he's just not he's not the Brad Sweet of the last few years.
0: <laughs> yeah. I agree. That's for sure. Yeah. And and uh um you know the World Racing group's gotta be pretty excited though that it's down to 16 points. So they definitely got some storyline for the TV coverage everything gonna go on down to Charlotte. Uh, well, since I didn't see any race, and I'm going to go with Tyler Herb. I'm taking Ryan's event. I, I, you know, I, like I said, I did see that heat race, and he won the heat race on the high side. And that's why I'm wondering if he w- was up on top, I believe, if I remember right. He did win the heat, and he won it on the top. Um, but um, like I said, just, just a pretty subpar season from potentially one of the up-and-coming stars in Dirt late Auto Racing. He's still fun to watch. He's still fun to watch, though.
1: But, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely slumping. I had Brad Sweet. I'm pretty sure that Bert is copying me. A bit. You know, I should have copied his points because he's whooping the shit out of us, right? Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the cuff then, and I'm gonna go points championships in Wasoda Auto Racing. Okay, I know Wissota board members and promoters. Listen to this and listen up. Okay, they're a joke. Nobody follows them. They're not important. Guys, I look back at the social media for wisota and they didn't even mention a points battle until the points battle was done. How little value they placed on it. They didn't talk about it all year long. They get to the end of the year, only two races left. Here's the points battle. If there ain't no points battle. It's over. Well, why is there no points battle? Because financially, it don't make sense, right? It didn't before 18,000 to win a track championship, at Williams Grove, 10,000 to win a national championship in your premier class in Wissota. That's a national title. Not to mention the track championships pay nothing, right? I'm a points guy. I love championships. I love the storyline behind it. Promoters, Wissota board, right? You want to make racing better, figure out a way to generate some funds, not on the pocketbook of racers like Wissota's done for the past several years go out and generate some income to make the championships pay more. Right. Some people said, well, 10,000 is enough. Fuck it is. The 10,000 ain't enough. What are you talking about? You spend more than that in tires. What the hell are you talking? Especially next year, if the tires go up, you got to pay more. It's been the same pay for 25 years and the costs are triple. It didn't make financial sense. Then it really don't make financial sense. Now, Get off your butts. And if you don't want to get off your butts and do something about it, resign. Quit. Walk away. Let some people get in there that are passionate, that want to grow this organization and get the drivers some dang money because they deserve it.
0: All right. Well said, Brian. <laughs> awesome. All right. Time to move on to our locks of the week. And our lock of the week every week, Ryan, is Real Estate by Jay Schmidt. Oh, it sure is. I mean,
1: like I said, that three generations of racing out in Watertown, the guy's... Great guy, great family. I mean, super fun to be around. I didn't get enough of a chance to be around him this year as much as I'd like to. So going to have to make it out there and visit with them guys again. But the fact is, if you need real estate transactions in the Watertown, South Dakota area, land, commercial, residential, real estate by Jay Schmidt, absolutely your lock of the week. Great guy, smart business guy. I've been doing it for a long time. Get a hold of him.
0: All right. Let us know if you agree or disagree with our who's hots and who's nots. Place it down there in the comments. Now we'll move on to the last lap brought to you by Zuli's race engines. Not much racing going on, Ryan, but did they manage some wins?
1: Not that I know of. I'm kind of looking here and I don't feel like they did. I was kind of looking to see if maybe they parked it over in Tomahawk. I, I know maybe Jeanette's got one of theirs, but I didn't see anything on Facebook. But uh, well, I tell we've
0: you, this, all year we talked all year. There's been plenty of wins.
1: If you can't beat them, join them. Because I tell you, they didn't. They may not have got a win this past weekend, but they got some national championships to be proud of. They've had a lot of wins over the year, a lot of big wins over the year, and they're going to have a hell of a lot more in
0: 2023. Absolutely. So get a hold of Frank. Like I said, some of the top performers in Minnesota all year run Zuli's race engines. Okay, you were just talking a little bit about the Minnesota board meetings are coming up. Well, before we
1: do to that, well, who's our locks of the week? Right, you kind of jumped ahead. That's what I was wondering. Puka's oh, yeah. of- <laughs> you talking about Chase? The or the Puka? i get tired. Oh, getting tired. Right. <laughs> He's getting old. So, so Puka, we'll start with you. So, since it's fresh on your mind, who's your lock of the week?
0: I'm going with Terry Phillips. One of the US MTS races down in the Midwest. Lower Midwest over the uh, the weekend here, Bert.
2: Uh, I will go, uh, Dustin Sorensen will win one of the three USMTS races.
1: I was going to say, if you said what I was going to say, I was going to come across the screen (laughs) because that's three in a row. There's going to be a happy Gilmore check coming out this weekend. that says $100,000 for the USMTS champion. That check is coming back to the great state of Minnesota, particularly Rochester, Minnesota. Dustin Sorensen about ready to put the exclamation point on his championship season. Good luck down there. Um, and I guess it would be three races down in what Kansas and Missouri. So yep. go go bring the championship back up here where it belongs.
0: All right. Now let's move on. Sorry about that, race fans. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the Wesota meetings. You were just talking about some of the Resorta board members' meetings are coming up. Yeah,
1: you know, that's a big thing. So Obviously, they got an agenda there, and you talk about rules and this, that, and the other. There's a few things that are hot topics, right? Getting rid of the stupid automatic transmissions that break all the time in street stocks. Them got to go, right? They're, they're talking maybe some safety stuff moving in. Um, getting rid of the stupid wheel sticker. But there's got to be, I hope there's a little bit of discussion down there on the point structure, the points, the payout for the points, social media. I hope they're actually looking ahead and figuring out how do we grow this organization. We'll find out in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be there.
0: All right. Awesome. So, all right. Some news on B ship. Which one do you want to take that one?
1: Well, let's, let's skip that. Cause I think you got the old agenda there. I'm going to skip over one thing, Bert. We got a little news over in Eastern Wisconsin too, don't we? Yeah.
2: It's actually fairly big news. Um, uh, Beaver Dam Raceway, which has raced on Saturday nights, for as long as I can remember um they announced at their banquet well and they were also on sanction uh they announced at their banquet they will be sanctioned by IMCA next year and they will be racing on Tuesday nights so that's uh uh that's pretty big news um I mean they raced on Saturday nights and um in Eastern Wisconsin, you had Shano Plymouth, 141, and Beaver Dam all within two to three hours of each other racing on Saturday night. So, uh, I, you know, with switching to IMCA and switching to Tuesday, they're hoping to get more cars. Um, I think switching to IMCA, they'll get more cars, but I don't know if they'll get more cars switched into a Tuesday night. So uh, it'll be interesting, and we'll see how it shakes out next year.
1: Well, you could you could see some IMCA national champions come out of that area.
2: Yeah, that that will help the drivers in Eastern Wisconsin if they want to pursue a national championship. And actually, um, it's funny you say that because today um, IMCA released their point standings for the season. I don't know if these are their final point standings, uh, but I looked at the four divisions that race in this area. And I only found one Wisconsin driver um, in the top top ten in any of those divisions in the national points.
0: So it So Sounds to me like a track that might be moving more to a streaming model than uh, a fan model. You know, you uh, on... but,
2: uh, Beaver Dam is dead set against streaming. They have signs. Oh, that, really, well, I don't know. I don't know if they still do, but they this track would actually had signs that they didn't. If they if they saw you with your phone recording the race, they would they would uh, come over and say, "No, don't do that."
0: Oh wow! Because a Tuesday night, Monday night, Tuesday night—that's perfect. I mean, that was like I said, that was kind of what X R and Barry did. They run a lot of those races on Monday, Tuesday nights. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out. All right, where do you want to go, Moran? Yeah, well, we
1: can go to B. Shep. Okay. <laughs> You go ahead. <laughs> well, B-Shep and Riggs, right? Riggs Motorsports, B-Shep, the family-owned team, they're merging here for the 2020. We knew that he was going to the B-5, but now they merged together with Riggs Motorsports, who's going to field three cars. That's going to be, of course, four, I think. That one, and then Brandon's dad, and then uh, Riggs, both of his boys, I don't remember their names, but the both of the Riggs boys are going to run as well, probably a little bit more on the limited schedule. He has not decided if he's going to run Lucas or World of Outlaws, going to get through speed weeks and decide. I did hear today that he's not planning on um, bringing the B5 down to Charlotte, which kind of surprises me.
0: Yeah. Well, didn't – did Huddy race it? I think Huddy raced it last weekend somewhere, didn't he? The the, the Rocket won and got a few laps on it. It might have been here. Yes. I, I don't know. I'd
1: have to look that up. I didn't see anything, but maybe I'd have to look that up on my race pass. Sounds like Huddy is bringing the Rocket 1 down to Charlotte. He's going to run Rocket 1 down there, but then he's going to jump back into the 71 for a couple races to close out the season as well. So that, that'll be he's kind of bouncing back and forth here to end the season.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, speaking of Huddy, Morant to double down. Silly season continues.
2: Did you see this news, Bert? Yes, I did see this news. Go ahead. What did you find out? Uh, well, yeah, uh, Devin Moran, who um, I think was on last week's show, we, you know, we mentioned that he had that he had parted ways with his old team. And the press release that I had read on that departure, he sounded like he already had a deal deal ready to go he just hit, needed to cross the t's and uh dot the i's before he announced it well this week he announced it and yeah he's going to double down motorsports uh the team that huddy used to race for so uh we'll see uh um i believe they're going to follow the lucas tour next year they also announced yeah that's what they said yeah i think i heard that too
0: all right ryan some uh, news at monster hall your old stomp put some in well, okay. down there
1: yeah, they closed. I mean, that they've had musical – talk about musical cars, right, at the end of the year here. We're in the silly season. Monster Hall is, has had musical owners, right? The place is – it's changed hands. It seems like every third year it's changing hands. But interesting enough, they never had a huge car count, but they always get a big fan base, and it looks like Monster Hall promotions is going to come in. Haven't really announced full plans yet for the 2023 season, but it sounds like racing back on the card in central Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I remember that place, of, you know, I don't know, it seemed to, in the mid-2000s, it seemed like it was, you know, kind of a cool place. I remember some of the cheaters races they ran, and like I said, you you were running there later, but, um, yeah. That's, I I not like,
1: hey, right after cheaters races. How is that? How <laughs> does that What are you doing?
0: <laughs> oh, God, that's great. But, yeah, like you said, we've been doing the show, definitely just ownership after ownership. All right, let's move on to our standings here. Bert, continuing. When did you take the when did you take over the lead? About about USA nationals time?
2: Maybe a little bit before that, but yeah, somewhere around there.
0: Ryan, are we seeing headlights the rest of the way here or can we catch him?
2: Well, I think he failed the droop rule. I'm
1: not really <laughs> sure. Um <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to pick go karts and uh downhill sledders and yeah, all does kinds Cedar
0: of... Lake have
2: any more in the indoor arena? There we could probably do some picks. Well, I, yeah. I was surprised we didn't pick Tomahawk last week. They had like nine divisions we could have picked. Maybe <laughs> we're,
1: doing the, we're doing the national 100. They probably got twelve.
0: <laughs> I think we tried. Didn't we all try watching that a year or two ago? And it was like we just can't get through this. This was well.
2: Like, they started uh, at like uh, nine in the morning. Didn't yeah. they start like nine in the morning and they're still racing at nine
1: at night?
2: Yeah. 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 15 so I, classes I, of the long, What? 11
0: cars per class?
1: That's about it. So,
0: yeah. So, Bert's leading. Of course,
1: Puka, you're in second. I'm, my goal is try to catch you. I can't lose to that hat. I just can't lose to that hat. Right? You know, I'm third. Right. Oh, yeah. Jeff's, Jeff's in fourth hanging on. And, and then we got, of course, we got Mike and Brad in the mix had a lot of fun i know there's a few more people that want to join us them two are going to join us at the beginning of the year next year but bert looking to take that hardware home from dk9 motorsports there and from uh from big mike there, kind of getting you the hardware that trophy looks like it might be getting a home i'm not sure how i feel about that
2: but <laughs> I, I, well. i'm not saying anything yet i don't count my chickens before they're at two in <laughs> a row two in a row hey,
1: right, well, that- you know, um Speaking of Tomahawk, Cole Richards got it done, but Hunter Anderson, the 4A, of course, you know, we talked about Parker Anderson, his brother won the street stock title last year. Hunter Anderson got his first career win in a modified over at Tomahawk this weekend as well. I want to give him a quick shout out there. So congrats to him.
0: Nice. Awesome. All right. That should put a wrap on episode
1: 151. And what, anything else boys? No, just, uh, did you happen to see at Williams Grove, you know, what, If you think Williams Grove, we think sprint cars, but what's the one other thing that stands out at Williams Grove? The bridge. The bridge. It's gone. They're taking it out. That's going to a museum. Sounds like they're going to put in a brand bridge that's going to be wider, but out with the old, in with the new, the the famous bridge. They're going to revamp that deal. A lot of history with that bridge at Williams Grove. This weekend, right, we got – it's USMTS Championship weekend, right? Humboldt, Lakeside. 81 Speedway. That's all on racing dirt, right? If you don't have it, you can get that on racing dirt. Puka's favorite show of the year, National 100, starts right away in the morning. You're the only one up. Bluegrass Nationals, Richmond, Kentucky. I'm delivering in Kentucky on Friday. I don't know where my reload is. I'm going to go ahead and knock on wood here that maybe I get a reload that brings me by Richmond. That might be maybe a possibility. And then. I don't know if you saw this, but straight line racing? Smoke is making his NHRA debut this weekend in Las Vegas. Um, going going straight line racing. Oh,
0: all convenient, Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Boom <Bunkus> Cost <is> Pitman.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe. So what uh, what are you guys? Uh I mean, this weekend, not a lot of racing, but is there anything in particular you're looking forward to here this weekend?
2: Um uh, well Obviously, the USMTS with uh, Sorensen, you know, leading the points and going for the championship. It's always it's always fun to watch a driver that you uh, from your area going for a national championship
0: Ah, It just makes me kind of depressed. All the racing's done up here. That means the season's over. That means winter's coming. And, you know, um, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, that time is now here.
1: Yeah, and I'm with Bert on that, right? Third generation racer. Of course, you had Dick Sorensen, Mike Sorensen, now Dustin Sorensen. Kid's a hell of a wheel man, and uh, man, I hope he can take this baby home this weekend, um, down in uh, USMTS land down there. Bring that championship home. We're we're all pulling for you up here.
2: And I just want to make one mention. Um, uh, you know, speaking of uh local drivers going for national championships, it's not this coming weekend, but a but a week from this coming weekend, Ty Majeski will be going for the NASCAR Truck Championship. He 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 made the final four, and uh, so he's one of the four drivers eligible in the final race in the Truck Series.
1: Hey, remind us of that next week. Yep. Well, I'm, I'm gonna have to watch that one now. Um, give me a reminder on that, Bert, because I mean that's a that's a lo- kind of a local guy in our for sure for you, but even us. <laughs> Midwest, uh that'd be super cool to see.
0: Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, congrats and good luck. That's awesome. All right. So, like I said, that'll wrap up episode 151. Appreciate a share right now if you enjoyed the show. Uh, as always, congrats to our great partners, Dirt Track Supply, Brad Parsons, Soil and Egg Solutions, jay Schmidt Real Estate, Zuli's Race Engines, BioRayShirts.com, Impact Health Sharing, Dirt Race Central, and Mason Aaron's videos, the want to go show at gmail.com. If you want to go hold of us privately, also decals for five bucks. You can message, you can email, just get a hold of one of us. We'll find a way to get that to you. Again, find us. Spotify, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, Rumble, and YouTube. For INAO, for Burt Lehman, I am Puka. Get out there and be your dream, your tune to the one-to-go show.
2: Production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.